0: see. going on everybody Uh, I am praying medic and this is supernatural Saturday welcome to the broadcast for those of you who are new uh, I'd like to welcome you to your first live stream I do live streams here on telegram uh, second Saturday of every month at 1 p.m. Eastern and the if you miss the part of or all of the broadcast. You can always get the replays on my websites prayingmedic.com and prayingmedic.org or you can go to my Rumble channel. All the replays are posted there. This is Supernatural Saturday for July 9th 2022 and we're going to talk about a subject that is of interest to a lot of people. So I asked a question yesterday uh, it, What would you like me to talk about on Supernatural Saturday? and there was a lot of people who wanted a discussion about how to reach people who are resistant to your attempts to reach them. And I'm going to read a comment from tel- on my Telegram channel from, let's see, uh, this is from Laura. She said, My sister is an atheist, and whenever I try to talk to her about God, she gets so offended and we end up fighting. I know how that goes. Her argument is, if there is a God, how could he allow harm to come to innocent children and babies? I answer that God allows man free will, but that even sounds like a weak argument to me. I greatly appreciate your input, Dave. Thank you, and God bless. All right. So there are um, a number of different um, subjects that we would like to talk to people about. One of them is God. How do we Convince people about the reality of God. How do we convince people that um, they need Jesus in their life? How do we get people to agree to let us pray for them to be healed? How do we talk to people who need deliverance and are are not open to it? How do we red pill people who are watching CNN and CBS and ABC News and just believing all the mainstream media uh, propaganda? Right, so we we all have friends, family members, people in our sphere of influence that we'd like to reach, that we'd like to help them uh, be set free of deception. We'd like to see them walking in the truth. But the big question is, how do we do that if they're not open to it? How do we get them to take down that wall so that we can reach them? Well, that is what we're going to talk about today. All right, so. Uh, I'm going to start out by reading a couple of scripture verses, if that's all right. And we're going to start in Mark chapter 5. And and this is just for illustration uh, purposes. Mark chapter 5. All right. So, when they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes, and this is talking about Jesus and the disciples, So they went across the Sea of Galilee. They came to the area of Gadara, or the uh, country of the Gadarenes. And When he had come out of the boat, speaking of Jesus, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him and always night and day he was in the mountains in the tombs crying out and cutting himself with stones all right those are the first five verses of mark chapter 5 we're going to continue but i wanted to make just an observation here this man the man from gadara who had uh, all these demons he was probably the most difficult person to reach um, in the new testament uh, he's he's living in the countryside in the mountains in the tombs no one can talk to him you can't talk sense to him he's totally out of his mind how do you reach someone like that who is unreachable how did Jesus do it well, we're gonna find out and, and just think about this as you're thinking about your friends your relatives uh, who need to be reached think about how Jesus reached this man who was the probably the most unreachable man in in all the bible right so we're going to just look at a couple of things here Uh, when he saw Jesus from afar he ran and worshiped him right so the man with the demons sees Jesus getting out of the boat and he runs over and worships him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you, thank God, that you do not torment me. So on the one hand, he runs over to Jesus and worships him. And the next, uh, he says, um, What have I to do with you? I only ask by the power of God that you don't torment me. What's going on here is you have the man, And you have the demons the man is speaking he runs over and worships Jesus the demons interrupt this flow and say (laughs) well the demons know that they're gonna be tormented at the end of time so the point here is there are two entities that are inhabiting this man he has his own soul his own personality his own identity his own values and he has these evil spirits that are influencing him. And this is a very interesting passage because there are two groups of people talking inside of this man. And whenever he does something or says one thing, the man, the demons do something to oppose it. And that is actually sort of one of the problems that has to be dealt with when we're looking at people who we want to reach, whether it's to red pill them about politics and current events, and corruption, or whether it's reaching them for Jesus. You have to understand, there are evil spirits involved that are influencing them. All right, verse 8. Jesus said to the man, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And the demons didn't come out. All right, so I'm going to take a little segue here. A lot of people think, and they've been taught, that, Demons must obey the power the authority and the voice of Jesus and in this case Jesus told the demons Legion multiple demons to come out of the man, and they didn't come out So demons have free will and Demons will obey you or they will not obey you. They will obey the authority of Jesus and sometimes they won't Here Jesus told commanded the demons to come out I'm Jesus In my name, in my authority, I command you demons to come out. And they didn't come out. Right. So um, I'm just going to suggest that sometimes the things that we've been taught about deliverance aren't always true. Demons don't always come out every time just because you use your authority that you've been given to cast out demons. Luke chapter 9 verse 1. Right? In Luke 9, verse 1, it says that Jesus called his 12 disciples to himself. He gave them power and authority over demons and to heal diseases. So Jesus has given us power to work miracles. He's given us authority to cast out demons. We do it in his name, in his authority. Someone asked me uh, recently why I don't pray in the name of Jesus, why I don't say in the name of Jesus at the end of uh, my prayers. And that's because that phrase, in the name of Jesus, has become sort of a a phrase that we just tack on to the end of our prayers, but it actually means in the authority given to us by Jesus. In the first century, in the Roman culture, Roman soldiers would come to a house, and they would enter the house in the name of Caesar. They would introduce themselves as, we come in the name of Caesar. What they were saying is, we are coming in the authority granted to us by Caesar, who is the emperor. So, the idea of in the name of Caesar is in the authority of Caesar. In the same way, when Jesus sent out his disciples, he commissioned them and sent them out in the authority that he himself had. He delegated authority to them. They would then cast out demons, heal the sick in the authority of Jesus or in the name of Jesus. So when we operate in healing and deliverance, we're doing it in the authority of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. That that idea in the name of Jesus is not something you just tack on to the end of a prayer. If your if your prayers, if your commands for demons to come out is done in the authority of Jesus, still, they will usually be effective. But simply tacking that onto the end of your prayer doesn't always mean uh, anything. You have to understand your authority. You have to operate in that authority. That's what that means. All right. So here, Jesus commanded the demons called Legion to come out, and they didn't come out. What is the next thing that Jesus does? Then he asked the man, the demons actually, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. And then the demons begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. All right, so Jesus and the demons are having a conversation here. Jesus commanded them to leave, they're not leaving. He then says, what is your name? Sometimes it can be helpful to get the name of a demon or um, its area of specialization. If you know that you're dealing with a demon of lust or a demon of divination or a demon of a spirit of pain, it's helpful it's helpful to know is that a spirit of pain is it a spirit that specializes in this area or that area because that will then sort of help you uh, identify what you're dealing with demons have all different areas of specialization jesus asked the demon what is your name the demon said demons replied we are legion for we are many okay so the demons still have not left the man." (laughs) They're having a conversation, and the demons say, don't force us to leave the country. Now, a large herd of swine was feeding uh, nearby in the mountains. So all the demons begged Jesus, saying, send us into the swine that we may enter them. All right, so now the demons are are negotiating with Jesus where they're going to go if they decide to leave. (laughs) Right? Again, I'd just like to point out, here is the Son of God negotiating with demons where they're going when they leave. All right, Uh, and at once Jesus gave them permission to go into the swine. Then the unclean spirits went out and they entered the swine. There were about 2,000, and the herd of swine ran violently down the steep place into the sea and they were drowned. All right, now, (laughs) here we go. So, um, Jesus gives the demons permissions to go someplace. Now there's a lot of discussions when we're doing deliverance, and this was one of the other popular subjects people wanted, wanted me to talk about, uh, was deliverance from evil spirits. How do we set people free of addiction, pornography, and, and different um, issues that are demonic? And here's a lesson on deliverance. So Jesus told the demons they had permission to go into the swine. And they went into the swine, The pigs ran down the hill and they were drowned. Now, that's a bit of a a strange event. But consider the fact that um, it was was against the religious law for Jews to have swine. Pigs were one of the uh, animals that Moses forbade the people of Israel to have. And at this time, they were still under the law so they shouldn't have been pig farming in the first place and there's an interesting illustration about um, the demons going into the pigs and the pigs drowning and the people lost their livelihood. There's actually a commentary on that in the next verse I'm just going to read it so those who fed the pigs fled the area and they told it in the city and the country and they went out to see uh, what it was that happened Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. Alright, so they were afraid because here is Jesus who just caused this herd of 2,000 pigs to be drowned in the sea. By letting demons go into them, the people come out, they check out what's going on. They see the man who is mentally insane, demon-possessed demonically influenced is a better word by the way should probably just clear that up right now in in most, in a, in a lot of uh, modern Bible translations the word demon-possessed is often used people were, are said to be possessed by demons if you look at the, the Greek New Testament the word that is usually translated demon-possessed It's a bad translation. A better translation is demonized. People people are not actually possessed by demons. They are are influenced by demons to one degree or another. Demonization happens on a continuum, on a spectrum. Some people are only slightly influenced uh, by by evil spirits. Their, uh, Their affliction or their influence of a demon is very minor. Most people don't even notice it. And a lot of that comes in their internal thought life uh, they might be plagued with thoughts of fear insecurity uh, and things of that nature they might have an occasional panic attack those are often caused by demonic influences that person is not possessed by a demon they're influenced by a demon and that is called demonized that that's that's the better translation now the man here that we're talking about who had the demon called legion he was severely demonized to the point where the demons would manifest in very strange ways. When demons take over control of your physical body that's what we generally call a manifestation of a demon. So I've been at uh, prayer meetings. We had this uh, meeting here in Phoenix at the Full Gospel Businessman's meeting uh, back in I think February or March and we had a woman who came up for prayer and she looked pretty normal she was with her family Um, she was telling me her story she was telling me what she wanted prayer for perfectly normal interaction and then suddenly she started shaking violently and I realized that she had a demon (laughs) the demon was manifesting okay I would not say that she was demon possessed that demon at that time decided to manifest. It took over control of her body and it started shaking her violently. She shook back and forth for about two minutes. Um, I commanded the demon to stop shaking her and it did. And then we did a little bit of um, deliverance on her. All of that is to say that it's, it's, I think it's a good, it's important to understand that demons can manifest at any time and they can manifest suddenly and unexpectedly in strange ways uh, a demon can take over your physical body and force you to hold your arm straight up in the air for an unlimited for forever if they want to if, if they have a power over you they will force your body to do strange things um, and and one of the ways that you can find out if a person actually has a demon is to tell the demon to manifest can you can instruct a demon to manifest to prove to the person that they actually have an evil spirit Uh, this is something that steve Harmon does quite often when he's dealing with people who are uh, demonized after he has uh, done ministry with them emotional healing and commanded demons to leave he'll then tell demons to manifest if they're still there and sometimes he'll just tell the person put your arm straight out if demon i want you to put your arm straight out if you're still there and the person's arm will go out straight like this involuntarily and they won't be able to control it. And then Steve will know, oh, well, they still have a demon. You can Demons can, can manifest of their own free will and you can command them to manifest to prove that they're still there. Uh, all right, so that's some basic deliverance 101 information. The point here uh, is that <laughs> the crowd came out. They saw this man who they knew what what we would call, you know, he was mentally insane, uh, sitting calmly in his right mind, talking to them. And this man had been around for a long time. I'm sure many of these people knew him, and they were stunned. And when they realized that Jesus was the one who got rid of the demons and cured this man, they were afraid. That's what happens. when When you have a situation of unbelief and, and doubt and skepticism, and suddenly... The power of God manifests, right, manifests, there are manifestations of the Holy Spirit. There are manifestations of evil spirits, and there are manifestations of the Spirit of God. Deliverance and healing are manifestations of the Spirit of God. When God manifests his presence, his power, his goodness, his glory, uh, and, and people see something supernatural happen, many times it frightens them they don't know how to react to it when the supernatural invades the natural it tends to frighten people and one of the reasons why some people reject God is because they don't want to mentally think about what it means if supernatural God has invaded their natural world it, it, it frightens them and they then need to understand that this God who just invaded their life supernaturally is a loving, good God who has a good plan for them. He doesn't want to hurt them. Because when you're faced with the supernatural, whether it is an evil spirit or the spirit of God, you suddenly realize you're, you're in the presence of something that might have a little bit more power than you, and you want to know that that thing is not malevolent and doesn't plan to destroy you that's the first thing that goes through a person's mind when they come in the presence of something that is more powerful than them they want to know does that person thing entity want to hurt me people need to know that god is good loving and caring and yes he is all-powerful but he doesn't intend to hurt us people need to know that all right can move on the men were afraid and those who saw told them how it had happened uh, to the man who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with Jesus to depart from their region. So those who were witnesses saw what happened, were explaining to the people who came out, and the people who had the pigs pleaded Jesus to leave. You know what? You're causing trouble here. Uh, (laughs) Can you just go away? We want to go back to our lives or back to our business. We'll find some more pigs. Just go away. You're messing up our our, our plan here. Uh, Please leave. Then Jesus got in the boat, and he who had been demon-possessed or demonized begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends, tell them what great things the Lord has done for you, and how he has had compassion on you. And the man departed. He began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him, and all marveled. All right. So, this man who had been demonized to the point of insanity was healed and set free wanted to stay with Jesus and Jesus said nope you're gonna be a witness to me go home and tell the people of the things the Lord has done for you and all who heard this story marveled that's how it's supposed to happen Uh, people need to be set free and we have the ability, we have the authority, and we have the power. And some of us have the truth in us that can help set people free. Some of us don't. Some of us actually have not yet come to the, arrived at, the understanding of the truth. And that's, that's a problem. Um, some, some people want to take the information that they've gained and share it with other people but their information is tainted. It's not really the truth. It's a, kind of a tainted version of the truth. If you're going to help people and set them free, you have to have the truth, not your version of the truth, not uh, a, a kind of a watered down or tainted version of the truth. You need to have the truth. The Holy Spirit needs to empower you and he needs to give you the words That you need to say to people to set them free a perverted version of the truth isn't going to do it so you need to make sure you have the right message and let's just put this in the context of um, current events in politics there are a lot of people out there on social media in the truther community who are putting out information and they're claiming that it's true but it isn't They, they they get information from various sources some of the sources are putting out, deliberately putting out misinformation and disinformation. And some people take that information, think or, or hope that it's true and put it out there. And it isn't true. Uh, they make predictions. They, they have so-called intelligence insiders who give them information. They put out this information, they give it to other people. The predictions that, that they make don't come to pass. And then they're wondering why no one uh, believes them and why People, you know, shake their heads and laugh when they come to them and want to give them the truth. It's because they don't have the truth. It's because they have um, hopium and they've been listening to bad sources, getting bad information. The truth has the power to set people free of deception, lies, demonic oppression, and bondage. But you have to have the truth. That's the starting point. Why don't people want to listen to us? Why will people not allow us to speak to them? Why do they not heed our words? Why do they not respect us? Why do they reject uh, uh, us when we ask, hey, can we, I pray for you to be healed? Would you like to be set free of those demons? Would you like to know the truth about the deep state? Why do people reject us? Why don't they let us speak to them? It's because they have a wall around their heart. They've, they have put up a wall, an invisible wall, around their heart. And that wall keeps people like us out. Some people have put up a wall that keeps everyone out. They don't trust anyone. And I've, I've seen so many people in, in my Telegram channel say, I don't trust anyone. <laughs> like, okay, well, that, that person, when you say, I don't trust anyone, where does that come from? What happens to a person who literally says they don't trust anyone? Well, that person has been burned, has been wounded, hurt, lied to, and deceived by one person after another, after another, after another, and they've gotten to a place where they've been so emotionally traumatized, so disappointed, let down, uh, betrayed, and abandoned by people, they don't trust anyone that person has a huge wall around their heart that doesn't let anyone in. Now, there's reasons why people do that, but the fact is there are just a lot of people who have built walls around their hearts and they're not going to let people in. Some of them will let some people in. They'll trust certain people, people who have gained their trust. They'll let those people in. They'll listen to them They'll take their advice, they'll heed their counsel, but they won't listen to other people. Their wall is selective. they got a wall, they'll look, when someone knocks on the door, they'll go and look outside and go, oh, that's a person I trust, I'm going to let them in. I'm going to listen to them, I'll take their advice, I'll I'll listen to their information, I'll listen to their news broadcast, Uh, um, I'll go to them for counseling. But that wall is selective, it keeps other people out. In order for that person to uh, get to a place where they're going to listen to us and take us seriously and let us pray for them uh, and take our information seriously, they have to come to a place where they trust us. Trust has to be earned and a lot of us have not earned trust, That's, that's the problem. We have not earned the trust of that person and they're not going to let us in. That wall is going to stay up. And they're the only one that can take it down. We cannot take down the wall around their heart. They have to take it down themselves. (laughs) They built it and they have to take it down. And the way that you get someone to take down the wall around their heart is to prove to them and demonstrate over time that you can be trusted. The easiest way to do that is to demonstrate to that person unconditional love. What does unconditional love look like? Well, unconditional love is is displaying uh, an attitude toward that person and um, acting toward them in a way that always has their best interest at heart so if you have the opportunity to talk with that person you talk about the things they're interested in not the things you're interested in you let them talk about whatever they want to talk about you do the things they want to do when you get together if they want to go for for a walk uh, in a park and you don't really like walking in the park you give in and go walking with them in the park. <laughs> if, they, if they want to talk about dogs all day long, you let you let them talk about dogs and you take an interest in what they're interested in. If they want to talk about politics from their perspective, you let them talk I'm about politics in their perspective. You don't you're not continually trying to defeat their arguments. Unconditional love lets that person be who they who they want to be. You listen to them with sympathy empathy compassion and love and you let them talk and the next time you get together with them you let them talk again you let them do the things they want to do even if you don't agree with what they want to do Um, I have a family member who's very close to me who has done some things that I did not agree with but because my relationship with that person is that, that person is very important to me and I, and above all, I want that person to trust me and respect me. I never went to them and criticized what they were doing, uh, never told them that I think you're making a mistake, never told them I think this is a bad relationship, never told them you know, I, I think you have a better option here for, for you know, all these different things that they were doing. Um, I just kept my mouth shut when they were making mistakes and then one day they came to me, and said, "Hey, you know, uh, what, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that?" And I and I told them what I thought. And they they agreed with me. They said, "Yeah, you're right. I did make a mistake. Um, I I should have done this differently. I shouldn't have been in that relationship. I shouldn't have done these things. And I should have asked you <laughs> what your opinion was before I did these things." Um, and and over time. I've gained that person's trust because I didn't criticize them, and I didn't interject, and I didn't try to force my will upon them. I let them do their own thing, let them make mistakes. But over, but again, like I said, over time, that person realized that uh, it wasn't. I didn't have my own best interest at heart in that situation. I had their best interest at heart, and they they now come to me regularly and ask for my advice on anything that's important any important life situation, relationship, job change, anything like that, they always come to me and ask my advice because uh, they trust me and they know that I'm going to give them advice that, based on my love for them and my concern that I want what's best for them. They don't always take my advice, but they always ask for it. And that's because they trust me. They've, they don't have a wall around their heart that wants to keep me out. They know that I have what their best interest at heart. They come to me. They ask me advice. I give it to them, and then I let them do whatever they want to do. I don't try to control their decisions. I don't try to influence them and say, "Well, you know, you really need to do this." Uh, <laughs> you know, they, they'll ask me a question about a job or or you know a move. I'll say, "Well, you yeah. know, I, if it, if it, if it was me, this is what I would do," uh, and I just leave it at that. Recently. Uh, a person who is close to me had a critical uh, incident in their life it's they they ran up against the most difficult situation they've ever had and they had nowhere to go they had no one to talk to and they came to me and they said hey can you help me out Uh, I'm in a crisis so I spent a week with that person listening to them talk about their life the problems the mistakes that they made the things that happened to them over the course of about a week of working with this person I was able to take them through emotional healing I was able to talk to them about relationships and boundaries I was able to give them some counseling about uh, their job prospects I was able to speak into this person's life about many different areas uh, many different things that they're dealing with situations And during that time, they came away with a completely different perspective on relationships, on their job, on their life. And all of that is because um, I have taken the time over years to let that person know I'm on your side. I want what's best for you. I'm not here to force my will on you. I don't demand that you see things my way. I don't demand that you watch the news that I watch, listen to the people I listen to. I have your best interest at heart and that person knows that and that's why they came to me. Um, Years ago I had a sister-in-law who was ready to divorce my brother. She had got fed up with his nonsense and she was ready to leave. She was on her way. She had already left. She packed her bags and she left. She called me and said, Dave, you're the only person in the family who's going to listen to me. Uh, I've already talked to everybody else and no one wants to hear me. I have a problem. I have a lot of problems and I'm ready to leave your brother. I said, don't leave. Just give me some time and let's let's talk about some things and work through some issues. Over the course of the next two weeks, I got her some resources uh, for marriage. and she started working on her problems and she had a lot of behaviors that were self that were destructive to the marriage. She started working on her problems. and my brother noticed, that she was changing notice that she was working on her problems that made him want to work on his problems and they had some serious problems but they both dug in took the resources seriously listened to the messages um the messages by the way that i recommend for people who are going through marital issues one of them is it's a, it's a um we, we we first denise and i first got this message on cd it's called Marriage on the Rock by Jimmy Evans. It's a great series. It's 10 messages on CD. It might be available on DVD now. But it's called Marriage on the Rock by Jimmy Evans. It's a great series of messages that help people who are struggling in marriage. It helps them understand the things that you can do that sabotage your marriage. and It'll help you, give you tools that'll help you fix your marriage. The other resource I recommend to everyone who's having marital issues is a book by Willard Harley called His Needs, Her Needs. Amazing book. Um, If you've been through divorce or if you're having a marriage that is just on the rocks, that book, His Needs, Her Needs, has saved a number of marriages. I've been able to give people marriage advice over the years, and I always recommend that book. But the point I'm making here is um, people come to Denise and I for advice when they're in a crisis because they trust us because they don't have a wall up or that walls us off they have come to know that they can trust us we have their best interest at heart and so they so they come to us when they've got a problem and we do our best to help them and, and help them walk through the issues and give them tools for healing and for uh, patching up relationships and making better decisions. The the dynamic of the, the person who has the wall around their heart and they will not let you in, they won't listen to you, they're just, you're, you're on the outside and they're not gonna let you in. Right. Here is the dynamic that you have to understand. If you use this dynamic, you'll be able to help set people free and it's illustrated in this story with Jesus and the man from Gadara so the man understood who Jesus was he probably knew that uh, well he ran down and worshipped him did he know that he was Jesus was the son of God is that why he worshipped him the man knew something about Jesus he probably heard that he'd been working miracles setting people free and the man thought Wow, here's that carpenter from Nazareth. Maybe I can get free. He runs over to him, and he worships him. And that's the first thing that has to happen, is the person who needs help needs to identify you as the one with the solution to their problem. This man saw Jesus, realized he is the one who can solve my help me solve my problem. I'm going to go and seek his help. So the first thing you have to do is you have to, uh, if they have a wall up around their heart and they won't let you in, you have to build a bridge of trust, build a relationship, uh, and you have to convince that person, not just through words, but through actions. You have to convince them that you have their best interest at heart, that you love them, you care about them, and you want what's best for them. If they perceive that you want what's best for them, that you can help them, and that you're not going to try to hurt them, they might take down the wall. If they take down the wall, now you have the ability to speak into their life. You can give them information. You can maybe pray for them, uh, try to get them set free of evil spirits or whatever it is that you need to do. I would highly recommend consulting with the Holy Spirit about what you should do and how you should do it. Uh, whenever Whenever I get a chance to minister to someone, I ask the Holy Spirit, okay, what is their issue, and what is the most expedient way that we can resolve this problem? Is it emotional healing? Is it deliverance? Is it physical healing? Is it counseling? Is it a relationship issue? What is it? What's the problem, and what's the solution? I ask the Lord for specific information when dealing with that person. A lot of people struggle, even when they get an opportunity to pray for people, they struggle with getting them healed or setting them free because they don't know what the problem is and they don't know what the solution is. Okay, great, I have an opportunity, now I don't know what to do. I'll try this, I'll try that, and it's not working because you haven't asked the Lord or you haven't received a word of knowledge or some kind of revelation about what that specific issue is. Sometimes the Lord will give me dreams. Illustrating the problem or the solution, sometimes not. Uh, sometimes just in the dynamic of working with them, communicating through email, text, phone calls, sometimes the problem would come apparent to me and then usually the solution also becomes apparent to me. Sometimes just talking through that person and, and helping them see the problem in a different way, they, they will actually identify what the, what the solution is. Um, a lot of people have inside of them they know what the solution is they know what the problem is they know what the solution is they just need someone to help them work through the process where they can identify the behavior that they're engaging in that's a problem and then they'll identify the solution. Jesus taught in parables for a specific reason. He taught in parables to reveal truths to people who are open to the truth but to conceal uh, wisdom from those who are proud and arrogant and didn't really want to receive wisdom. And there's an interesting thing that Q does. when If you read all the, the Q posts early on in 2017, Q just asked a lot of questions. One question after another question, another and another and another and another. And some posts just went on 25, 30 questions. Q was not telling people the truth. Q wasn't telling us about corruption in the deep state. Q was asking questions. And he said, questions provide answers. If you, if you take the questions at QS and you go and research what happened to the Titanic? Who was on the Titanic? Uh, what was promised to the people who boarded the Titanic? Were there any very wealthy people? So Q is asking all these questions about the Titanic. I went and researched all this stuff over the course of a couple of weeks and I learned a lot about what happened on the Titanic. But Q didn't come out and tell me what was happening with the Federal Reserve and uh, Jacob Astor and all these other people who were involved in the Titanic. He asked questions, and I had to go and research, and I found the truth myself. Sometimes what we need to do is we need to help the person find the truth for themselves, because most people... When they hear you tell them the truth, they can't receive it. They can't take ownership of it because it came from you. But when people find the truth for themselves, it becomes their truth. They take ownership of it. And that is a huge issue. Most people need to learn the truth for themselves. it, It doesn't actually help them if you tell them the truth. They need to discover the truth for themselves, which is why Q asks a lot of questions, which is why Jesus taught in parables. Jesus teaches in a parable, he puts out some kind of uh, vague illustration of the kingdom of God, and those who are interested in learning about the kingdom of God will then meditate on it and they'll think about it and they'll roll it over in their mind over the next day or two And the Holy Spirit will give them insight and understanding. And the Holy Spirit will reveal the truth to them. And they'll think, Wow, I suddenly came to the truth about that parable. Like, I understand it now. I totally get it. And they'll think that they discovered the truth. They many times don't realize that actually God gave them the truth. But when people discover the truth for themselves, they take ownership of it. When a person comes to the realization themselves, that they've got some demons rather than you telling them you need deliverance because you've got demons if they understand if they realize man I got to get rid of these demons then they then they will start seeking the solution and when they start seeking the solution if you have the ability to take them through emotional healing and do uh, cast get rid of the demons get them healed you'll set them free. But part of the dynamic is they have to realize that they need help. They have to realize what the problem is and they have to then come up with a plan for a solution. And many times they have to figure it out for themselves. (laughs) And that's frustrating, it's very frustrating to know what the problem is, to know what the solution is and to watch them struggle and go through all these gyrations and watch them self-destruct To watch them suffer because they have not yet come to the truth themselves sometimes they have to come to the truth themselves the man from Gadara he was running around the tombs living in the mountains for years mentally insane one day Jesus shows up and the man realizes that's my ticket (laughs) I gotta get rid of these demons and he's the guy that can do it Jesus goes over and worships them He, he understood he needed help he took down the wall he went to Jesus so when you take down the wall when the other person takes down the wall um, that gives us an opportunity to speak to them we can then speak the truth to them in love speak the truth in love so we need to be loving compassionate merciful and gracious in our presentation of the truth sometimes we need to let that person we need to sort of lead them in a direction where they're able to find the truth you can help the person through suggestions through ideas through hints but sometimes it's not the best idea to come out and overtly tell them what the truth is sometimes you you need to gently steer them in the direction so they can find the truth themselves the truth sets them free it's in the bible it's biblical Jesus is the truth, he's the way, the truth, and the life, and Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Sometimes the truth will piss you off before it sets you free, but it will set you free. So freedom comes when people, uh, when the blinders are removed, when their mind is renewed to the truth, when they understand the realities of corruption. When they understand, wow, these demons are really kind of eating my lunch. I need to get rid of these things. I need to get emotionally healed of all the junk from my traumatic childhood. The truth, uh, when it's applied, will set them free. And then there's power. So with people who uh, are under the influence of demonic agendas, a lot of people who are walking in darkness, who are deceived, are demonized they they need a demonstration of power and authority so let's say the person it has uh some chromosomal abnormality They got a chromosomal defect they've got some health condition that has got them trapped well if we release power and heal them they now have a new reality to deal with uh, they just got touched by the power of God and the power of God testifies to the truth You give them a tr- the truth. You show them look here's the reality uh, Your mind is kind of messed up and you're you're in, in all this uh, darkness Because a bunch of demons are playing ping-pong in your backyard And, and they're playing tennis in, in your front yard and they're messing up your life I mean, we need to get rid of those demons and we need to get you healed and they may or may not believe that, but if you take them through emotional healing and if you cast out the demons and they suddenly are a new person, they don't have anxiety and panic attacks anymore, uh, they're, they're, they're not having all these issues, they're not having nightmares, they're, they, they're physically healed, they're emotionally healed, and they're spiritually healed. Suddenly they realize, wow, I feel like a new person. Okay? That's, that's the effect of power and authority. Power for miracles, authority gets rid of demons. Power and authority testify to the reality of the truth. It reinforces the truth that we just gave them. When we give them the truth and back it up with power and authority, it solidifies the message. It it testifies to the reality of the truth. Right. So, So here's the formula. Love, unconditional love, Gets them to take down the wall around their heart. The truth sets them free. Power and authority testify to the reality of the truth. That's the dynamic that Jesus used. He gained people's trust. He spoke the truth to them. He backed up his words, his truth, with power and authority. That set people free. That's the formula. That is the dynamic we should all be using when we are trying to help people get set free. That's yeah, what you have to think of. They have to take the wall down, they have to learn trust us. Then we have an opportunity to give them the truth. And if necessary, exercise power and authority. That is how you reach people for God. That is how you red peel people. Uh, that is how you help people who are struggling in life, who are trapped. Uh, In life, that they don't like. That's how you do it. That's going to do it for today's message. Uh, Thank you all for joining the live stream. Uh, I hope this message has encouraged you. If you have questions about this message or past messages, you're always welcome to email me through my website, pragmatic.com. The email is admin at pragmatic.com. This video will be up on Rumble this afternoon. It'll be on pragmatic.com. Uh, it's also on pragmatic.org. That is our ministry. Uh, we have a, a separate website for our ministry. All of my Supernatural Saturday videos are on pragmatic.org. If you go to the videos, uh, I've got, I think, now over 60 different videos, Supernatural Saturdays, and other teaching messages. If these messages have blessed you and you'd like to support us, our ministry does receive donations through our give send go account i'll put a link to the give send go page in the description on this video we do uh, love your financial support and we really appreciate it that's all for today uh, thank you for tuning in love you all take care i'll catch you on the next broadcast